boom, you got yourself a winning combination. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of the House Party Protocol Glow Up. And Suits, this might be the last episode of the Glow Up. With me today is my good friend from the Great White North, where I'm pretty sure he's very excited about hockey season starting up soon. It's the one and only Leland. What's happening, my guy? Uh, not much, not much. Very true. I'm very excited for hockey season. It's... Uh... It's a wonderful roller coaster of the Leafs do well. The Leafs start tapering off. They get a chance, and then they just completely blow it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, ready to go. You're, you're ready for the circle of life to continue. Exactly. I mean, the the Jays have already disappointed me by getting blown out in two games in their wild card. And uh, I mean, the Raptors are they they won a championship, got high on themselves, and then just kind of buggered off. And yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, at least we got the. At least we also got the CFL to always entertain us. It it is very entertaining, that's for sure. So, <laughs> the CFL, I love it. Yeah, the CFL is like very underrated on entertainment value, in my humble opinion. But that's my, my favorite thing. My favorite thing is when you get somebody coming up from the NFL to play in the CFL for a little bit, and they're not familiar with all the CFL like wonky little rules. Uh huh. My personal favorite when I was watching a game of this uh, CFL and an NFL running back came up and received a kickoff. Uh, like a, on a kickoff return and you know how in the NFL you can like do the safety and like put your hand up and take a knee right yeah and just that that's where it is that rule doesn't exist in the CFL oh no so he gets the ball he, he takes the knee and three just barreling in CFL players just come in and take him right to the ground oh my gosh <laughs> absolutely amazing that's awesome that's awesome well the last thing I'm going to say about sports, because we have a lot to cover today, but I, I do want to mention this. Since I mentioned hockey, did you see who the favorites for the cup are? Uh, I haven't looked into it just yet. I've been a little bit behind. Um, I've seen a couple things, but uh, no, I don't know who the actual favorite is at the moment. The betting favorites are the Carolina Hurricanes. They got a solid team. Yeah, buddy. That's, that's my I, team. I, I can see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I'm I'm excited for this season for them, and I'm excited to try to finish up the glow up here, at Leland, with you today. And why I feel like I wanted to finish it off today is because we have a few characters that got some pretty big changes, and then a couple of characters that got some very minor changes. And I feel like that we can get through all six of the characters I have left to cover on this podcast today. Thanks to the fact that some of these changes are very minor. So I'm game. All right, let's do this. And suits. Remember we just finished up our giveaway for the earth's mightiest core set. So don't worry. We'll be doing more giveaways soon and make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all the social media platforms and all that stuff. So that way you never miss an episode. We're going to try to, Keep going through all the reveals and everything from Mini Stravaganza once we finish these glow up series. So let's get into it. 
with everybody's favorite Peter, and that is Amazing Spider-Man. Now, Leland, ASM has been one of those characters that's been, I feel like, a bit of an enigma for you. Am I right? I I have tried so many times to get this guy to work for me, and uh, he just, he, he hasn't for the longest time. Yeah. So this, this glow-up makes me obscenely happy. Yeah, so he's a character that I've really liked whenever I've played Web Warriors, whenever he first came out. He was a character that I ran regularly. Being five threat, he really has to do a lot. And it's one of those things where sometimes he can kind of fall flat, but at the same time, he is always able to get places and 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 be a presence for me. It's just whether or not that presence is impactful. Yeah, yeah. And the problem was for a long time, he was very dice reliant. And because of that, he he struggled to get the power he needed to really do a lot of what he always wanted to do. And uh, this this glow up kind of addresses uh, a bit of that issue. It really does. So what changed on Amazing Spider-Man? Well, he has two changes. Leland, I'll let you start with the first. Sure. So his first one is uh, whatever spider can, which is a spender attack. Uh, became a little bit less expensive. It is now four power instead of five, uh, which is absolutely amazing um, because it, you know it means you're actually able to to hit that uh, that power threshold a lot more frequently and actually take advantage of what is really quite a decent spender attack uh, between the medium advance and the uh, the wild catch where you're just destroying some terrain and you know getting to throw it at them without actually having to put down the movement or the uh, the the movement tool it's excellent i i love it it's great that i can use it more now yeah i think that the one power difference on whatever a spider can which is a range 2 strength 8 attack and then it allows him to automatically advance medium afterwards that going down to four power makes it accessible and his spider strike was always five strength, so you're only ever rolling five dice. But with Web Swing, you get to add those extra two dice, and it just never felt like between Web Swing into a Spider Strike, maybe some witty banter in there, that you just never got to the power threshold to use whatever a Spider can. And now I feel like just dropping it down that one power really makes it much more interesting, especially when we talk about his second change, which is a part of Mastered Spider Sense, so he still gets to re-roll his dice from Mastered Spider-Sense, but he got a special rule here. Whenever this character rolls dice, after the effect is resolved, it gains one power if it rolled at least one critical. So we've seen this before on Doc Ock with his scientific hubris, but I think this makes so much sense on Amazing Spider-Man. Leland, how do you feel about it? Well, I, what I love about this is that they gave it to a character who can inherently reroll all his defensive dice, uh, which means you can fish for it quite often when you're when you're defending. Like if you and it's like it's reroll any number, so you don't even have to sacrifice your successes to do it. So I mean, if you if you rolled your defense and you've already got enough uh, enough blocks in there to make sure you're not taking damage, pick up those other two like those other two dice, uh, one die, whatever, and roll it. Like shoot for shoot for the stars. Try and get that critical result in there to get some power, right? Exactly. And anytime you have a character that has something like this with a native reroll, it just really turns that superpower up to eleven, and is really gonna help his power generation now 
using a spider strike without having done a web swing can still net you some additional power. Now, uh, you're still going to want a web swing, I feel like, as an ASM player, as often as possible. But being able to kind of get that power you need to get into a position for a whatever a spider can, I mean, a turn of web swing, spider strike, whatever a spider can, in like that kind of sequence, that sounds really good to me. Oh yeah, no, it's it's excellent. Like I, as soon as this change went through, he was one of the first characters I threw onto the table to try out. Um, and just to be cheeky, I also tried it in the uh, the Marvel Knights leadership, which just oh my goodness, uh, he was he was getting power almost every time I I made any die rolls because uh, yeah. I was just I was seeing a crit that often, and it just it allowed him to be absolutely juiced up. He was constantly web swinging. He was constantly using witty banter. I was able to get whatever spider cannon, I think like two or three times that game where normally in the past it was maybe once if I was lucky. Uh, so yeah, it it was just, it was absolutely fantastic. And that little bit of accessibility from the, uh, from the power gain on that just activated so much more of his kit. Yeah, it really did. And, and I'm, I'm really, really here for it. And this is one of those glow ups where I'm excited for this character on the tabletop. And one of the reasons why I'm, 99% playing Web Warriors at Warfare Weekend. Yeah. Now, I do think it's also important to note here that uh, when you use witty banter, it's not technically you uh, rolling the, like, it's not adding the die to your die pool. So if you get them to re-roll into a crit, you don't get power for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, that, that's an yeah, interesting it, interaction that I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that came up immediately, and I can't remember. I know there's a post on the rules form about it somewhere because there is a precedent to it, and I can't remember who the precedent was set by. I think it was Oscorp Weaponry, actually. Yeah. Um, I think it was Oscorp Weaponry and specifically Doc Ock uh, because he has the uh, the scientific hubris, I think right. it is, the, yeah. Where, yeah, where when he rolls the crit. Um, so it has been addressed because I know that was something that, uh, that, you know, others and myself asked and everything like that, and – and uh, unfortunately, it got it got shot down. But that would have probably been a little bit too busted <laughs> if uh, you could yeah. get that extra power. So, for sure, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's Amazing Spider-Man is absolutely fantastic with these subtle little changes. Uh, I mean, if I were to go one step further, I think I would have liked momentum to be able to target the original target character as well. But I mean, beggars can't be choosers in this case, and I'm very happy with the kid overall. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say moment, momentum is still a bit of a lacking trigger in my humble opinion, but yeah, if, if nobody's bunched up, like you just, you get that trigger off and well, nothing happens. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I would say either the original target character or make it range three, like the attack is. I, I would dig either of those changes. I, like I'd prefer the first one, but I think a range three one would also be like just absolutely perfect for it. Right. Exactly. And I mean, it's worth noting that if it was range three, because you have to place Amazing Spider-Man within range one of the chosen character, that would be insane. But at the same time, we have some five threats that are pretty busted, so <laughs> I'm okay well, with it. Well, and here's the thing. Spidey is supposed to be the the like unparalleled uh, hero of movement in exactly. the Marvel Universe, right? Like, nobody can move better than... Well, okay, maybe Quicksilver, just because he's super fast, but, you know, he's a pawn. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I would be okay with ASM having a lot more movement shenanigans. Me too. Uh, I'm super with that. Yeah. So he's uh, he's really good right now, though. And I'm excited to put him on the tabletop here very soon and, and really dig my teeth into what his kit 
is allowed to do now, especially with all the fun tools that web warriors have these days. Not just web warriors. I mean, look at him in uh, uh, New Steve's leadership as well, right? To get oh, yeah. those uh, to get those triggers off uh, whenever you can, like that that just really tunes him in as well. Um, he's he's awesome in defenders and daredevils leadership because you can uh, toss him right into the middle of a fray, and he's going to get a whole bunch of rerolls. Uh, it's actually it's actually really cool because if you can actually get that momentum off and place within range of another character, like and without having used the rerolls yet, well, all of a sudden there's two characters that are contributing to your rerolls. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds really spicy. Oh yeah. Like Marvel Knights just tunes his, uh, his kit in and just makes him beastly. And the fact that it's giving him rerolls on his attacks, he has his master spider sense for rerolls on defense and dodge as well. Like the, the amount of opportunities you have to get those critical results, uh, to power them up is just obscene when you really start breaking it down. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And he's affiliated there. So it's, it's very much a world of, I think defenders and web warriors are going to be a match made in heaven for dual affiliated lists. Yeah. And don't discount how fast that list is as well. I mean, daredevil's already moving long himself. Now ASM's moving long. Like those are two very fast, very tanky characters that are, uh, that are moving up the board and it's hard to keep away from them. Yep. I love it. I love it so much. So Leland, now we have to talk about something that I'm a little sad about, if I'm being honest, but it is what it is, and that is ASM's pack mate, the Black Cat, Felicia Hardy. And, oh boy, there's a lot here. So, I want to say the play pattern that Felicia Hardy had previously was pretty egregious, where if you're playing on the perfect setup would be Infinity Formula, under Steve's leadership and basically turn two, someone has grabbed an extract. Felicia was on a, a infinity formula, gained an extra power, and then she's able to just move, steal, move away. And it was, it was, it was pretty gross. It, it, you know, I've had it done to me a couple times and it was one of those things where it, you know, that combined with, Dr. Voodoo moving and stealing your stuff and making you not count and all that stuff. It kind of really created a a very difficult pattern to deal with if you were able to get it off. And she was set up to where she was likely to get it off. Did you ever run into that? Uh, so interestingly enough, I never personally ran into this, uh, this as a problem. Um, I think a lot of it is because like, uh, in my competitive play, I play a lot of shield and I just shoot the ever living bejesus out of someone once they get within range. Um, or I just put all my, you know, valuable objectives on the, uh, on the shield mook. So, you know, you know, they, they get killed and go off. Uh, but yeah, never personally encountered it, but I'm very aware of, of the play pattern that she had. And I mean, we saw something very similar with Enchantress back in the day. So I think the writing was kind of on the wall, uh, for this one. Yeah. So I don't know how I want to do this because do I want to talk about the changes and then talk about why I think this might be too much? Or do I want to talk about why this change got made versus why it might not have been the right change? before we go into the change. I think we talk about the changes and then. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. All right. So Leland starting at the top of the card, what's the first change she got? 
Uh, so uh, I'm trying to remember what our old card looked like here, but I believe uh, the first one was Cat Claws. Now has a uh, a bleed trigger if damage is dealt to it. Correct. So this is a, a yeah a range two four dice attack. Uh, it's a typical builder. Uh, it has a wild pierce, which allows you to change a shield, wild, or crit into a blank result. Um, but now it also does a little bit of bleed if you get the damage through. Uh, it's just a nice little addition to the Cat Claws. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those where it's like cool you know get get a little extra damage if you if you happen to get some damage over time you know that that's that's a cool thing you know yeah i, I it's inoffensive i have nothing against it i don't think it tunes her in or anything like that it's just kind of a nice thing it is exactly and you know black cat's one of those characters she's not meant to be like an offensive powerhouse so anything that they did to this if they were going to do anything to her builder it needed to be something chill so yeah the next thing that changed, I'm skipping one here, is that the bad luck innate superpower. When targeting this character with attacks, enemy characters cannot modify their attack dice and they do not roll additional dice for critical results in their attack rolls. That's the change. So you still count your initial crit, you just don't get to explode it, which I don't think she needed this change because let me tell you, after playing her uh, against my convocation and Dr. Strange is just like, die, die. And he couldn't kill her. You know, I think it's the combination of bad luck and stealth that kind of make this, this change a little bit more frustrating to deal with. Um, but I, I think that's the case with almost any defensive tech. It's when you have two pieces of defensive tech together that really limit how you can engage with them. That's when it starts to become very frustrating to go into. Um, yeah, but, uh, at, at the same time, I mean, we've seen how swingy, uh, exploding crits are in this game and just how bonkers it can, it can happen. I mean, I know, uh, I know Merzane has gone off a couple times on how he, <laughs> he dislikes the crit mechanic and the exploding crit mechanic and everything like that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, when we see an ability like this, we, we kind of, we're reminded on how much we kind of rely on those exploding crits as well to try and even out some of the curve of the dice. Oh, absolutely. And I think that this is a really nice change for what they've done with Black Cat in that it really kind of makes her tanky in a weird way where when you see her going up against certain matchups, you can be like, okay, cool. Well, into Marvel Knights as an example, all right, well, you won't be able to reroll into me anyways. You don't get to count crits. So as long as she's not taking a bunch of eight die spenders to the face, she's probably somewhat okay. Yeah, it's it's a surprisingly tanky ability, and I I always discount it until I run into it, and the second I run into it, it's just like, oh, all right, that that's what that does. Great. Right, right. It's like, okay, well, I mean, now the ultimate, like, chip damage character here, like, you know, you've got the original core set Iron Man, but he's chip damage because he reduces by one, but this one, it's here, it's like, if you just don't roll hits and wilds, I mean, you're you're effectively... You're not taking away crits. I want to be very clear about that. But you're taking away that like spike roll, which is what really tends to take out characters. And then you layer into that the ability that you can't modify into her. And I think she she gets to be one where you don't want to just leave her out there per se, but she can take a hit now. Yeah, yeah. Like if she's going up against other three threats, two threats, anything like that, she's going to feel really good in those matchups, I think. Yeah. Uh, once you start going into the four threats, you're going to get some diminishing returns there because they can they can just punch a little bit harder. 
Um, but yeah. no, it's like, it, it's a great ability. I got nothing against the ability and I, I don't, I agree with you. I don't necessarily think she needed this, but I do think, I think she was deserving of something given the other change. Yeah. So the change that we're alluding to here and, and the one that I'm just, I think I understand. I think I understand, but I just like, I have, I have a feeling about it. And the feeling that I have is it's this. And (laughs) second of all, master cat burglar. Everything is the same except for it now costs an action. Uh, You knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. I mean, we did. But at the same time, I just... (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I totally get what what you and other people who are very disappointed or upset by this change are feeling. But frankly, like the ability to just steal an objective from somebody was such a negative play experience. Yeah. And we witnessed how rough it was back in the days of Enchantress being able to bow and steal and, and run away and everything like that. And, you know, it, it's, it's very rough to play against because there's so few ways to actually counter it. Yeah. So a couple things, I think the Enchantress play pattern was a little different in that her power generation was insane. She could bow multiple people per turn and steal their stuff and run away. So it was kind of like a multifaceted thing. Whereas Black Cat, she did one thing. She had one thing. And and I'm going to address the other thing that she has on her card here in a second. But she had one thing that she could do, and that was steal stuff. And when, but how much of that was a symptom of the community decided that is all she does? Probably, I, th- I think that's part of the discussion. Probably part of it, but when you look at the three-threat like character, right? Just insert generic three-threat character. They usually have one big thing. like They have one defining characteristic, right? And Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, her defining characteristic in the comic books is being a master cat burglar, right? Like... She's she is ultimate theft lady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like steals steals from everybody, doesn't care, works for her own own devices, you know, that kind of stuff. And I get the logic of, well, spending three power to steal something off of Thanos. Well, that doesn't make sense. She would never steal something off of Thanos. Sure, that's where you break the theme a little bit. But in terms of like what her thing is on her card. To me, it is all around this superpower and what you do by making it an action is like they had to give her this bad luck change because now it is you long move up, you steal and you pray or you have to wait in a, in a world of everyone wants to wait to save certain characters till the end of their last activation now you really have to save Black Cat for your last activation. So all, all I'm hearing in this right now is that you have to put some thought into how you use her now. And that was one of her inherent problems. She was a very easy fire and forget style character. She could get in, grab her, grab her thing, whatever it might be, 
and she had all the tools in the world to to get away with it between the long movement and a grappling hook to place two. Like she created so many situations where she could get in there, grab something, and then just walk away, and you never interact with her in the game again. Yeah, and you're right. It definitely, I think it's thought is one word to put it. For me, it's, I don't see her making it out alive. Like you might get to do it once and and then you're just dead is the way that I read it. You know, even with bad luck being what it is. And you're right in that the previous pattern was such of, it didn't really take too much thought. Get get three power, go steal some stuff. It was, it was pretty straightforward thing. But now I think that given where her affiliations are and all that stuff, you have much better options than her in affiliation in a lot of places like that. And making this steal, when you look at how the crisis changes have affected this, so let's not forget that aspect of it also, is that once senators got changed, once Krikor, the paranoia, scrolls, all this stuff, once all of those got changed... The black cat steel play wasn't as potent because ultimately you could say, all right, cool, black cat, you steal this one thing and you go do nothing for the rest of the game. Well, we can live with that. Whereas previously it was especially egregious on something like cubes where, okay, I can steal three things and then go hang out in the corner. And so... I think that with something like Paranoia, with Krikor, with Scrolls, Senators, all these different things being much more popular and whatnot, I think it made her inherently come down a little bit, if you will. So, I don't know. It- I, I don't I don't think you're wrong on that one. Like I, I do think that the I do think you're right when you say that the the changes to the crisis cards that we saw last year did reduce the ability to grab and run uh, with a lot of objectives. And we saw that across the board, just in general. Mm-hmm. But I, I think where I really want to push back on this is that she or, she has two absolutely amazing parts of her kit. The steel was just one of those parts. And the other part of this kit, and I, I know you knew this this was going to come up in this discussion, oh, yeah. is her troublemaker. She For two power, she has a range three stagger. And it's not even, there's no condition to it. It's just pay the power, roll the dice, don't care about the results, you're staggered. Uh, and that's that's incredible. So she's always had two really solid parts to her kit. And that's and that's why I was pushing back saying that I think our, our perceptions of Black Hat were very much warped by the meta and the community decided Black Hat does this thing. And and very little else. Maybe she staggers somebody in the process and whatnot, but she grabs this and she runs away, and that's what we decided that that she does. Um, but she really has two great parts of this kit, and even with the steel being an action, like that really helps. She can still run up to a Thanos, steal something, and if she has the two power, you know, punch him in the jimmies and stagger him for uh, for a turn. <laughs> yeah, like like she still has interesting good play. She's just she's just not as i said earlier she's not a fire and forget model anymore yeah you know you can't you can't just decide well i'm just going to go up do this and then there's going to be no repercussions it's now well okay when when's the timing when when do i want to jump in there and actually 
commit her to whatever the action is. Yeah. Um, and I think in the end, that is that is always a very positive aspect of, of game design. When we have to make those sort of decisions, we shouldn't have nothing but easy decisions to make. Oh, I completely agree and, with you there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I I think you're looking for like the easy win. Because I, I know you. You're not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just I feel like that's part of the discussion that needs to be had. Though. You're right. And and I, I want to also be very clear in that regardless of how I played this character is irrelevant. But I never played the thing that made the the broken thing. You know what I mean? Like I always whenever I played her, it was in Web Warriors or Midnight Suns. And it was always difficult for me to even get to Master Cat Burglar because she never gains power on Cat Claws. So it was, for me, it was when I look at this and I think, okay, mentioning Troublemaker, mentioning Grappling Hook, Master Cat Burglar, all of those things require some power. And if you are interacting with objectives early, if you have a pay to flip, and she might be a character that you want to use to flip an objective. Maybe not, but all characters inherently suffer from power problems, especially early. It is what it is. But with her having a four die builder, yes, it has a wild pierce, but on four dice, you're not looking at great odds on that. It always made it difficult for me to gain power with her in the affiliations that I played her with. And so I never felt like, again limited you know i really want to be very clear about that that it was just never a pattern for me that i felt was was busted in that area right and i think that you're right in that when i played her i had to make decisions i had to say when do i master cat burglar is it as soon as i get my three power or do I go for troublemakers to try to slow down my opponent's Corvus or whatever? Like, when when is the time to strike with these various abilities once I have the power to do so? Because Cat Claws isn't getting me anything. And when you played her in those affiliations, you really got the sense of what the character's choices could really be. And I think that what they have done here in general by making Master Cat Burglar an action, it's, and I, I hope to be wrong, it's a dead superpower. I, I don't think it's a dead superpower. I think it's now a superpower of opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not always going to be the right answer anymore, but when it is, it's going to be a great answer for you. Um, and I think I think what we've seen with Black Cat is what we've actually seen with a lot of the the card rebalances. I think an underlining theme that we've seen through a lot of these cards is almost a reduction in splash ability. Oh, it definitely like is. That. A, yeah, like a lot of these characters are just they're no longer very easy plug and play. Oh, they can they're great everywhere type thing. It's it's now like okay, well we want to make sure that in affiliation they're solid options, but you know maybe they're not always the best option. To just dump into any random affiliation. And I, again, I like that as as a design space to be in. I think that's a good design space to be in. Completely agree. I, I think not being able to say, okay, well, Black Cat's an Avenger now just because she works really good there. It's great. I think that's great. And And this is always one of those questions that we can have another time on this podcast of like the weight of playing any character anywhere does it start to buckle you know does the game start to buckle under that weight at some point 
And I think that AMG has done a good job of keeping it from buckling under the weight of that implication. Well, let's wait till new Steve is in the hands of everyone and then we'll have this discussion again. <laughs> yeah, he's you want to talk about all right, yeah, we can't. I can't because it's so good. I think I've been, I think I've said it every episode since he was revealed of just like this dude is insane, but and the leadership's insane. Ir- irrelevant. So, anyways, Black Cat's yeah. affiliations, she's A Force, Crimson, Midnight Suns, and Web Warriors. And I think there's three of the four there where she's still perfectly playable. A-Force, Criminal Syndicate, and Web Warriors. I think Midnight Suns, she's fine, but kind of kind of meh. Um, but I don't think she's it's terrible. An objective there. runner. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. You mentioned Troublemaker, and this is the thing that everyone has, has I've seen, you know, oh, yeah, Black Cat, she's still got Troublemaker, still got Troublemaker, all that stuff. Well, Troublemaker is good, right? Two power, you stagger them period you're just staggering somebody at range three great and i like to like think of stagger as like anti-fun tokens (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) it really can be but it's one of those things where is that enough is that enough for her to displace other characters like an asm in my roster granted it's threat value differences but like you have to make choices especially when you look at a Web Warriors-affiliated setup of characters and who all is affiliated, and you think, well, we've got more than 10 characters affiliated here, right? And so does Felicia make the cut over Agent Venom, over Moon Knight, over Spectacular Spider-Man, right? And then especially if you're thinking, like we talked about with ASM, of dual affiliating with Defenders, and it's like, does she make the cut at all then? It's 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 a question, you know what I mean? You know what? As as long as we still are seeing elements of the battleship meta kicking around, I think a stagger is worth its weight in gold because it its value inherently goes up the fewer models they have on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I was just being contrarian on that, but it is one of those That's things. Fine. I'm here to knock you back down into reality when when Zane's not around, right? Yes, I appreciate it. Don't worry, I'm going to be knocking you down to reality pretty soon. <laughs> I'm going to get thrown in that dungeon next to him one day. <laughs> yeah, that's really what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, at least Merzane will have a cellmate. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I want my own dungeon. No, no, y'all have to share. The bucket is big enough for two. <laughs> well, I guess we can at least spoon for heat. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, we're spending a lot of time on Felicia, and it's one of those things where I obviously feel how I feel about it, and it's one of those things where I'm going to put her on the table very soon under Web Warriors and and really get a better sense of things. But having played her a fair bit with Web Warriors previously and seeing how how she kind of functioned there, it I don't think it moves the needle for me in terms of... of whether or not she's going to be a staple in my roster. I do I do think she still is fine-ish, but she's a character that I could see going the way of Enchantress and just kind of not seeing much table time. And that makes me sad. It is, because, I mean, just to go back and harp on Enchantress, she's still a good character. Absolutely. Right? Um, and I think, I think that's... I think that's a problem we're inherently going to come into when when we're looking at a game of I think we're getting close to 160 unique models. Yeah. Uh, in the game at this point, unfortunately, people are going to fall off and stop making the cut. 
And um, unfortunately, there, there's only so much we can really do about that when we're only allowed to put 10 in a roster and quite often, you know, usually only four or five characters in a squad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's an unfortunate thing. And all I can really say is I I hope people continue to put these characters on the table and experiment with them and play around with them because a lot of them do still have a lot of good life left in them. Uh, they just they just need a little bit of love. Not Viper, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, Viper needs some love. Like, why wasn't she? Viper and Sin, please, for the love of God, AMG. Uh, <laughs> but we're not talking about that. I completely agree with you, Leland. Regardless of how I feel about this character and, and any opinion that I share with the suits out there, play these characters. Put them on the tabletop and see for yourself whether or not you can have a good experience. I am very confident that every character in the game can do something interesting for you on the tabletop at some point, even Viper, because let me tell you, she won me a game once. What? I know, but I'm just saying. So, yeah, I mean, outside of the top competitive tiers, virtually every character is playable. Absolutely. And I, I, I will die on that hill. I think any, any character is virtually playable. Even OG crossbones has play in them. If you're just playing around, having some fun. Completely agree. And, and Black Cat here is no difference. And I think that, uh, you know, when you think about a tactics card, the cat and the spider, I think that's definitely interesting now. And, and oh, we don't yeah. have to go over that. But this, I think Felicia, while my initial reaction and my initial take is pretty, pretty hot, it's one of those things where I think she's ultimately fine. And the last thing I'll say about it, because we have to move on, and this might spark another little bit of a conversation, but we'll do it anyways. Another reason why I don't like this change is I find it uninteresting. That, that's fair. That's fair. I, th- I think it's a, a mileage may, may vary sort of opinion on that one. Yes. Um, I think it's a safe change. It's a safe change, but yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen a more interesting way to show her skill other than just, oh, it costs an action. There, there is one other thing that I, I would have liked to see on this change, and this is actually something I'd like to see on anyone who has a four dice attack. Stop giving us four dice gain our builders. <laughs> I hate four dice builders. Yeah. Give us, like, if it's four dice, make it a gainer. Well, my thing <laughs> is, I, give it the Hulkbuster treatment. If it fails to deal damage, then you get a power. It always gain. yeah, it's a gainer if it does no damage. Right. Otherwise, it's a builder. I'd rather have I, that I like than the that. bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like that on lower threat characters. I think on lower threat characters, that might be a little bit too good. Um, but I mean, I, I look at a bunch of characters. I, I look at like, I look at new Bucky now at this point as well. And, you know, if they made his assault rifle uh, a gainer, I, I think perfect. He would have been in like the perfect sweet spot for me on yeah. that one. I look at Felicia and if her cat claws was a gainer, like she's not going to spike into amazing power, but she's always going to be able to generate a little bit of power to make sure that, you know, troublemaker or grappling hook are online uh, more frequently as a result. Yeah. Oh, b- believe me, that was always my issue with her is just cool. I never have power. This is great. <laughs> yep. But anyways, Leland, real quick before we move on to our next characters, I want to give a uh, quick shout out to all the suits out there. I just want to say I really appreciate you guys. And uh, if you want to come and hang out on the House Party Protocol Discord channel, which is the best place on the internet, it is seriously, 
it, it, I, I just, I can't describe it how much I love it enough because the other night I was up late at work and just chilling, chatting on the discord about different things. And there was still a bunch of people in there just chit chatting. You know, we have people from all over the world in that discord and it really just warms my heart. And I got to say to the suits that support me through, through Patreon, that's how you get access to the discord. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate that. But if you're interested in coming over and joining us in the Discord community, you can check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month. Or what's that math, Leland? What's that work out to? $12 dues a year. Exactly. $12 dues a year. Uh, Monopoly money if if you're Canadian, (laughs) right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, hey, at least I can tell the difference in our bills apart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I, I love it. I, I, Dude, I wish our stuff looked cool like that, but no. All, all I know is I almost accidentally tipped a Finsky once, and uh, that was a, that was almost a bad experience. I don't know what a Finsky is, but I would love to find uh, out. Oh, well, I wonder if that's Canadian slang. It, uh, it was it was like a it was like a, a $50 bill. Nice. Yeah, Finsky. I've yeah. never heard that. But anyways, you don't have to tip me a Finsky. You can just tip, tip me a one and you can get access to the Discord channel. And uh, look, it's such a great time. It's super chill, and I really appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, so with that, let's now move on to our next character that we're going to talk about here. And these next two, I think, are going to be pretty quick. And that is Ronan the Accuser is the first one we're going to talk about. And he just got one change, and it's a change that is amazing. Now, if you saw when the cards first came out, you'd have been like, oh, my God, Cree Justice is zero power. I mean, that change is amazing. I love it. I use it all the time now. Exactly. It's just free. It's the best. Who needs power when you I can mean, just I mean, Cree Justice everybody? You you pair him with the Immortal Kingpin and boom, you got yourself a winning combination. That's right. That's right. But uh, no, that was a typo that they fixed real quick. But uh, Ronan the Accuser now has seven stamina on his healthy and injured side. So making him one of the chonkiest four threats in the game. Oh, yeah. No, it's that that extra point of stamina is deceptively powerful. It really is. And on a character like Ronan, where, yes, his strike is range two, but universal weapon, Cree justice, and then the way judgment functions giving him that extra stamina, making it to where he doesn't have to be at that range two to function. It really, it's exactly what he needed. You know, interestingly enough, I think a lot of people slept on Ronan a lot of the time anyway. Um, but I'm glad that this update in stamina is actually putting him back into the discussion because I think Ronan has always been an excellent character and he's been a fantastic four threat, but he's been a very sort of like baseline four threat. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, like, don't don't discount uh, judgment. Judgment is one of the most frustrating conditions to deal with when you have it on you. Uh, yeah. You just had a and battle it, report recently where that was a thing, right? Yeah. And and it and it's so rare. You always forget what it does. Yes. So when when you get nailed with it, it's like, oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really great. And when you have a bunch of squishy characters, being able to give judgment out to your opponent especially when they're like okay cool i'm gonna attack rocket or well it becomes group if you're doing it right and you're like okay cool well now you have judgment and when i blow you up with a kree justice or rocket hadron enforcers you you gain no power for it congratulations hope you had fun yep 
Oh yeah, no, it's it, it's it's low key disruptive to the whole thing, and I I love it, and I'm looking forward to seeing more Ronan on the table. Me too, because he I agree with you is a very good character, and he's one of those four threats that because he had three physical defense, he really, really could be squishy because he has no defensive tech people. None whatsoever. His defensive tech is when he is dazed or KO'd, he gets to advance and beat you up a little bit, which yeah, is great. He takes you down with him. <laughs> yes, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but it, it has not proven to be enough of a deterrent to keep him from getting beat up. And Oh, for the, the, the glorious 30 seconds where Cree Justice was free, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was, oh, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was mutually assured destruction right there. <laughs> it really was. But uh, I think now he's really great and playing him with the power gem so that he can just have access to everything all all at once. Like, I think that seven stamina plus the power gem really feels like a five threat now. Yeah, yeah, no, it feels really good. Um, I really love him in Inhumans now. Oh, my like, goodness, yes. Pa yeah, passing him that extra power to make sure like if you give him the power gem uh, in Inhumans, I mean, you are getting a Cree justice off every turn. No oh, questions definitely. asked. And for me, he's he's in my Guardians roster like solidly now, whereas before he was kind of like a tech piece for me. Now he's in. So no, he's he's good. He's fun. Yep, he is. Love him. The next one is a model that, man, do I I love the theme that they gave this model, but he just never really hit for me. And that is. Taskmaster Anthony Masters. And Leyland, he got one simple change. And what is that? His shield throw uh, is now a gainer. So they, they brought it in line with all the other shield throws in the game. And I cannot express how happy this actually makes me. Because uh, Taskmaster actually has a really good solid kit. It's just his ability to gain power was really hampered by the fact that his his only his builder was a range two and he's kind of squishy if you don't have the power to do things exactly so taskmaster's an awesome character especially in criminal syndicate i will say criminal syndicate he is he is excellent i think really the three affiliations he's in hydra shield crimson he's good in all of them for different reasons criminal syndicate was always my favorite because of the way photographic reflexes works and and the way intuitive pattern recognition works and all that stuff. But for those of you that might not know what Taskmaster does and why he wasn't considered to be as good as he could be as we're making him sound is because just the power problems were real. And when he had to move and attack every single turn to to do anything because he doesn't have that all-important out-of-action movement. But not every character needs that, in my humble opinion. And giving him a range 4, 4 dice attack that can gain him one power means that he now has access to pneumonic technique more, which is an insanely good spender. He has access to photographic reflexes more, which is really good it's the best counter strike in the game in my opinion in that because it's range three and if he's already been attacked if you save it if you double tap then boom you get to roll six dice and crits and wilds are dealing damage 
he this one change has made him just an excellent backfield objective holder yeah uh like you you just give him back there like you're you're happy to just toss shield throws out all day uh until somebody decides to come over and try and eat your lunch at which point that's where taskmaster taskmaster is deceptively tanky oh yes um when when he has the opportunity to do so so if you force them to come to him like you're just harassing with a shield throw all game and then they actually have to come and deal with him between photographic reflexes intuitive pattern recognition martial artists like it makes him very annoying to take down sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And when you think about what his previous pattern was, like in order for him to get into range to be effective with a sword strike or pneumonic technique, it was move, move. And by the time the next round rolls around, it's a non-zero chance that the character Taskmaster had to move, move to get in range of in the first time is already gone. So now you're able to move shield throw gain some power then maybe you get to move into range two on a follow-up turn or if nothing else you move move you're holding down an objective and if they come within two of you boom you have martial artists you're counting blanks you have intuitive pattern recognition which adds two dice to your defense roll if you've been attacked by that same character once already and Mm -hmm. no it's it's great yeah this this right here has really opened up his kit completely and i will tell you right now if you have not put taskmaster on the table in a long time or ever do yourself a favor try him out it's you will not be disappointed i can assure you oh yeah no i i think uh, i think this breathes new life into into his kit and everything like that and i'm excited to try him out on a bunch of different lists uh, i love that he's shield affiliated and i love that he's entering into the conversation at this point Oh yeah, um, which, which is really kind of cool, and the fact that he's even just a rogue agent—I mean, you can you can slot him in a lot of places and do some interesting stuff with him. Oh, absolutely, and I I really want to be clear: pneumonic technique is one of the best spenders in the game. Two power, and then you get to add the character's physical defense dice to that, and then they can't modify or re-roll their dice during the attack. I mean, the it's, average defense, physical defense is three. So that's a seven dice attack for two power in most instances. If, if he's punching an immortal Hulk, he's throwing nine dice at him. Right. It's just, that's amazing. Wait, is it nine dice? No, maybe it's mortal. No, uh, he's, he's eight or nine he's dice. Eight. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. So it's eight dice. But uh, yeah, no, that's, it's deceptively good. Like it's, it's right up there with the characters who are able to add like size to their attack rules, like the beta rays, the she hulks, the, the new Steve's. But the fact that it can't modify or reroll dice uh, as part of this, it's it's just that extra little bit of loveliness. Exactly. And getting to two power is no longer an issue for him. <laughs> Which no, you, you would it's think not. It, was, it was like two power, that's pretty easy. But like, no, man, this game is an objective game and you've got to move and interact with objectives a lot of times. So getting to that two power was a freaking issue. Well, and that that just adds to his ability to hold a backline point. If you come up and you take your shot and fail, you're getting a mnemonic technique to the face. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, it's just what's going to happen. It is. I love it. I, I think they, they, they did Taskmaster. He's one of my favorite changes that they've made for something so simple. I agree. I, I agree. He was right up there with me. A very exciting change. Yep. So now we've got two more relatively big ones here. All right. So we're going to start with one that I think Leland has a pretty hot take on, and that is the Prince of Asgard himself, Thor. So Skip. 
Leland, he has two changes on his basic stat line, and that is his Mystic Defense went up to four, which, thank you, AMG, that needed to happen. He's a five threat. Stamina on his healthy side went up from six to seven. So his a five threat character with a seven and eight stamina, putting him in line with other five threat characters in terms of stamina pool in the overall. And let's just talk about these two basic changes before we talk about his other change. And how do you feel about these two changes, Leland? Uh, I love the defensive thing because it actually brings him in line with so many other Asgardians at this point. Yeah. Because um, 444 was a pretty standard thing we were seeing on a lot of the the four plus threat Asgardians. Like we saw, I think we saw it on Loki. No, I can't remember. But like, I mean, I know Hela has it. Uh, just so really good to see this. Uh, I yeah. think it's actually quite excellent um, to see it across the board. And it's a little change, but I think it's going to it's going to have some interesting ripple effects. For sure. It's it's not something that I think is going to move the needle significantly one way or the other, but making him not really have that weakness to Mystic, even though three defense isn't the most weakness kind of thing. But the problem with Thor was always that he just was literally all offense all the time. And if you did have a Mystic attacker, you could abuse the Mystic defense part of his kit by... By basically saying, okay, cool, I'm just going to attack Thor with Mystic. Sure, he's going to get powered up, but he's just all offense, no dice manipulation, nothing. Come at me, bro. Yeah, and it just it gives him a little bit more staying power on that one, like combined with the stamina as well. Uh, he, he actually is a presence on the board, which is a very important thing. Yep, exactly. So how do you feel about the stamina increase? Do you feel like that that is where they needed to go um yeah i i think as far as like the changes on his card the stamina was definitely a good one to have um so i do uh i do really like it i i do think it's an excellent uh change for him to have on there and it just it keeps him on the table it keeps because he doesn't have that defensive tech it keeps him from being you know just dummied off the board as easily yeah yeah so I definitely think that him getting that extra stamina, like you said, one of the things about Thor, like once you got him to his injured side, chewing through eight stamina was always difficult. It was always difficult to do. But I now, always usually just ignored him once he hit that side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the easy way to do it too. The way I always did a pattern with Thor when I played him was, cool, at the end of round one, you activate him late. He maybe gets some power to do a four Asgard and he runs up for Asgard and strikes someone, right? Maybe you, maybe you throw him some power with R and D, whatever, however you get him in power, but he does that and you strike and you hope to get the throw, yada, yada. And then next turn you activate him first, do some stuff, hope to keep him out of danger for the whole round. And now I think you have a little bit more flexibility in terms of what timing you go with Thor and stuff. And while seven stamina in the world of battle cruisers is easily chewed through, I think that it still makes it interesting with him being there. But Leland, I know you're not trying to be too hot takey right now, but I'm going to need your hot take on this because I know you have one. All right. You're going to set me up for it. I mean, okay. Leland, 
I thought I set you up earlier. Do you think seven stamina was the way to go about making Thor feel more tanky? Uh, I think it was part of the way, but I don't think it was far enough. Okay. Simply put. Uh, I think in general, what Thor has needed, does need, however you want to look at it, uh, this guy should have gotten damage reduction. Yeah. And I, I think just in general, uh, all the stamina in the world is, yeah, it'll slow down taking him out. But if you look at if you look at his caliber of character and you look at all the other characters who have damage reduction, like even just compare him to Beta Ray Bill. Look how much more durable Beta Ray Bill is. And he's got damage reduction on his kit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly think Strongest Avenger should have also had like, you know, damage reduction down to minimum of one or even go crazy and give him damage reduction down to zero for for a cost or something. Um, yeah. Like just just in general and we'll touch back on this again. I, I generally, I think is, I think his changes are good changes. I don't think they were the right changes in a lot of cases. And I think that that might be a, a fair thing to say, like as, as it was with black cat and kind of my opinion with black cat, I think her changes are fair changes, but it, but especially as it relates to master cat burglar, it's not the change that I would have made, which is fine. It's not my game, you know, whatever, but as it relates to Thor, let's think thematically and who Thor is. And Thor is one of, if not the most durable characters in kind of the baseline Marvel universe, right? Like, obviously, you've got characters that are above him in power level and various iterations, blah, blah, blah. We're not getting into that. But I think maybe you can make the argument of this is Thor, Prince of Asgard, young Thor, where he's kind of reckless and whatnot, and so maybe thematically you can make the argument that damage reduction isn't a thing. But with that being said, Thor, again, as a character in Marvel, is one of the most durable characters. So I mean, if we're if we're if we're going by, you know, he's young, he's he's stubborn, he's he's hot headed. Well, he he's also then too dumb to realize he's been punched. <laughs> there's your thematic reason for damage reduction right there. there you go there you it, go it's a return later yes and and i do agree with you that i think these changes are are really good in what they are but i certainly would have liked to have seen some like you said like a suffers damage reduced by one to a minimum of one because i think that at least differentiates him from bill in that way and you know in terms of just just in general staying power he's got a lot of stamina to chew through now. And I think that you'd have to kind of reevaluate the stamina additions if you did something like that. But, but and that's fair. That That's fair. Like if he had the damage reduction, I would say drop his stamina by one on both sides. Agree. Agree. But it's one of those things where, like I complained about, I say complained. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but we're going with it about black cat and master cat burglar being uninteresting. I think not just slapping damage reduction on Thor. I feel like that that could have been a slightly uninteresting change. Even even though I like that change, it I don't know. Like I think both things are maybe a medium amount of uninteresting, like stamina uh, all versus right. so, dr. Do you, do you do you do you want my take on this? I would love it. Here's what I think they should have done. I think in addition to the stamina and defense changes, give them damage reduction. Make hammer throw a gainer, so it's no longer uh, it's no longer a pay one. Make it a gainer. Get rid of the shock 
on part of it though. So it's just a range five, five dice gainer attack. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, God of Thunder, and I'm bearing the lead a little bit on this one. God of Thunder, get rid of the shock on that as well. Still make it like, still keep the, uh, the area two, seven dice power four now, but get rid of the shock of that as well. Instead, give them a superpower that says spend one power, apply shock if damage is dealt on the next attack. Yeah, I love that. Just let him go. Just shock everybody all the time. Shocks everyone all the time. It solves the problem of God of Thunder getting getting shock on that one because now you can apply shock to the next attack that you do. And I would even say attack action. So it's still like all the stuff on it. It means the strike now has a potential shock on top of it as well. Yeah. Hammer throw ends up being uh, a net zero if you want to spend one power to apply shock on it, but make it a gainer. So he's actually got an opportunity to gain power outside of just his natural power generation, which means for Asgard turns on a lot easier as well, Mm -hmm. providing you're not spending the power to shock everything. Uh, Strongest Avenger turns on a lot more regularly as well. Again, assuming you're not always turning shock on for everything. And it makes this kit far more interesting. It gives the player agency on what they want to do with him yeah. and how he wants to interact with the game. Do you want him to be a big bruiser? Okay, well, don't spend the power on shock. Save it up for four Asgard. Save it up for Strongest Avenger. Or do you want him to be an interesting control piece where you're you're mitigating the damage output of all the enemy characters by constantly shocking things? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's what I would have done. It just goes to show that like one, I think that's really interesting and cool, but there are a myriad of different ways you can go with any character change that we we get here. But there's still a couple other character changes that we have on his card. Leland, what is the change to God of Thunder? Uh, okay, so if I remember this correctly, God of Thunder went down in cost. Um, I believe it was six before, I want to say. Or Correct. Was it five? It was, it was six. Uh it was six. Yeah. So it's gone down in cost. Uh, now I do think that we're still seeing AMG still has a hard time with area attacks. I think they don't quite know how to balance cost first effect on these ones. Uh, but I think they're getting better. The other thing is, is that, and how this was not part of the, the attack originally, uh, after each attack is resolved, the target character now gains shock. Yep. Just straight no up trigger, no it. damage, just straight up shock. I yeah. mean, the problem is, is that you're still, you still have to throw them into range two of a bunch of characters to use this. Um, at least at four power, it doesn't feel so bad if you're only getting one character with it. I still think that you're losing value, though, if you're not getting at least two. And yeah. I'm willing to bet a lot of people probably agree with that. And again, this comes back to the issue with area attacks. Um, it feels like area attacks are just rarely worth it if you're never, if you're not getting more than two characters. Uh, with it good change but at the same time i don't think it's the right change no i agree with you i think that that area attacks are weird uh in how they're balanced out i mean uh, if you go back and listen to my cable episode when i talk about ascani-san like that one is another area attack where i'm like the the juice is not worth the squeeze a lot of times for me and especially when you look at something like god of thunder right so if you're rolling seven dice, and especially if you're surrounded by not the most tanky characters, and then if you think about the point when you're able to access that is probably later in the game, so characters have probably taken damage, all of that stuff, it can be really valuable to get 
multiple characters, but you're just as likely to just finish them off as you are to even apply the shot condition in the first place. Well, I mean, let's say you have four power. What are you going to do? Are you going to do a four Asgard or are you going to do a God of Thunder? Oh, we're four Asgard. Or are you going to do a strongest Avenger? Yeah. Like the four Asgard has the movement. It has the strike. It has the potential throw and it has the stagger. Yes. Like you're, you're getting so much more value for three power and four Asgard than you get with God of Thunder. Yeah. No, I... And, yeah. I, like, honestly, I think I think the way they changed uh, Devil's Deliverance on Daredevil, that really should be the gold standard of how they do area attacks at this point. Yeah. I think they really did that one so well that it makes all these other area attacks feel very lacking as a result. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that was... At first, I wasn't in love with it because you couldn't, like, get up to that, like, ultra level. But at the same time, I like what they did with it as well. I completely agree. And then... Yeah. Thor here got two other things. He is now immune to shock and stun, which again, such an oversight originally. I can't believe it took this long, but immune to shock and stun. Thank you, AMG. This is the change we needed. <laughs> this this was a good one. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, sh- when I, whenever Thor got shocked, you just kind of look at it and shake your head and wonder what was going on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really nice to see that. And honestly, anytime a character has immunity to stun, it is one of those low-key immunities that have such a huge impact on the game. Because stun is such a great way of mitigating power generation. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, if, if you, there's a lot of characters that if you stun them, they just, it feels bad. Like you stun a Beta Ray Bill and you just kind of look and it goes like, well, this is awful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but, and so with Thor being immune to it, it's like, yeah, that, that is a great, that is a great immunity for him to have. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, uh, yeah. And, and so I want to bring it back here and with the total kit of Thor Prince of Asgard here, while it might not have been the exact changes, I think that this really puts him in line with other five threats. I think that now Asgard makes a lot more sense in terms of seeing them on the tabletop more and Thor not necessarily being a liability because it felt like at times he could just be a liability. Like, And he's still dicey, right? Like, I, I want to also say that. He is still extremely dicey. But when he hits, he hits hard. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, um, I, I actually don't necessarily agree with you. I don't think any of his changes really do anything for the Asgard affiliation. Yeah, you don't and think uh, that's something that it's something that kind of upsets me a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. See, yeah. for me, Asgard was one of those where like when they first came out, I played them a fair bit and all that stuff. And I would say that as time went on, like Thor should be a staple of obviously Asgard, but he should be a staple of Avengers, in my opinion. Right. Like just. He's a, he's a, he's Thor, bro. Like, like, you know well, what I'm saying? You know what? I, I, I feel that Thor feels a lot better now when you look at Steve's leaderships. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. Choose, choose, choose a Steve. I, he loves either Steve at this point. Yes. Um, he also makes a nice alternative to Hulk as far as like a bulky bruiser character. Yeah. Uh, like if you need to save a threat somewhere, I think Thor can easily be a discount Hulk. I completely agree with you there. And and here here's what basically Thor is doing now whenever you have him on the table. Just just enjoy this for a second. <laughs> so so 
I found the soundboard on Discord, and it's I I I need to just make sure I don't use it too much because it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> there there is no in excess in this instance. So. Yes, no, I love it. So I agree with you <laughs> on on. Right. <laughs> I just I, I asked in in the Discord the house I was like hey do y'all like the sound effects thing they're like oh yeah you know just don't go crazy with it I'm so I'm like actively trying not to not to you, go you know what bothers me there's some people in the Discord who are too young to really to have been around during the Leroy Jenkins thing yeah well that is how old Leroy Jenkins is at this point yeah if you don't know Leroy Jenkins just do yourself a favor Google the thing and just you know at least he's got chicken that's all I'm gonna say. It's uh, it, it, it's like when I was gaming with a with a bunch of the guys at my at my local club and excuse the the divergence here. We were started talking about the new the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? Oh, yeah. Like Troop and I. But we were discussing the uh, the Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo and uh, Dennis Hopper uh, Super Mario Brothers, like the old live oh, yeah. action one. Right. Oh, yeah. And these these young kids are looking at us like we got a third eye. Like, <laughs> what, what are these guys talking about? And it dawned on us that none of them were alive, much less like <laughs> much less when this movie came out. But they weren't even alive in the in the 90s. Uh, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I feel so old. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently one of our good friends, Brian Freddie, is also rather young. So I didn't find that out till recently. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I feel so old. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm we're becoming the old men of the, the community. We're. We really are. Oh, we really yeah, are. It's, but it's a weird thing. I, I remember. I remember gaming when we, there was this one guy who showed up. We just called him the guy. He was like <laughs> in his late thirties or forties or something like that. He was just the guy, and I realized, oh no, I've become the guy. You're now the guy, Leland. I'm now the guy. Yeah. So to to put a bow on Thor being the guy, I like these changes. For me, it does move the needle a little bit on on Asgard and Thor in general. And I think that when you look at Thor combined with Hela's changes, Asgard is probably likely to see some more play in the near future, I think. Yeah, and I want to I, I want to say I, I do agree that these are good changes. I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm saying no, these these changes are are, are garbage. Get rid of them. No, Lee, they are you hate good Thor. changes. What, what, why do you hate Thor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, he's uh, he, he's he's everything that's wrong. He he's a he's a monarch. He's a colonial uh, like. Yeah, he's just awful, man. Okay, yeah, that explains. All right, cool, fair. But, uh, <laughs> that that's where we leave it. Colonialism bad. Colonialism bad, exactly, exactly. But so, uh, uh, I, I will say this though, I I have a sneaking suspicion that they went soft on his touches because we have another Thor coming in like six months. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. So I'm I'm curious to see what that Thor looks like and whether or not there's any overlap in superpowers and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we are. We've reached the last character that House Party Protocol has to cover in the glow up. And I got to say, way to go us, Leland, for doing those five characters in an hour and 10 minutes. What nobody realizes is that there's like two hours of cut content. <laughs> We're not going to tell them about that. Okay. That's just for me <laughs> and you. That's just for me and you. So that's our time. That's our time. Exactly. The next character and the last character that we have to talk about is one that is pretty good and i really like some of these changes and that is storm aurora monroe from the x-men so storm got quite a few changes here 
So Leland, I'll let you go ahead and start with the attack change, and then we'll we'll dive into the rest of these because the other two are pretty important, I think. Yeah. So if I'm remembering this correctly, the the attack change uh, comes, I believe, in Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, it became, I believe, it became a little bit less expensive um to use nope power cost is still nope. the same oh that's right power power cost is the same but the damage or the dice went up is correct what it was. correct uh the dice went up to uh to six dice um but again we get this this weird issue where amg has a weird relationship with area attacks uh, yes. onto it because i i personally don't quite think that this is that this is worth it but again that's more because if my storm is within air within range two of a character, I think I've done something really wrong personally. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, now the, don't get me wrong. It's, it's good. It makes her spender feel more like a spender. Yes. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. I, I agree with you. This, this doesn't move the needle for me on hurricane in general. However, I will say if you have done something wrong and storm is surrounded by a bunch of people or at least one or two people with flight, Hurricane is interesting, but by and large, it's. I'm glad that they buffed it. It it's a it to me it's irrelevant to the rest of the kit. It's a panic button at this point, right? It really is. It's like, oh, cool, you're on your injured side. You have one stamina left. Let's see if we can hit everybody. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, that, that's where you're, Leroy Jenkins. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's it, man. Okay, so. See, I want to play the soundbite again, but I don't want to ruin it. Everyone already heard it in their head. Don't worry. Yeah, that's it. The second I said it, everyone heard it. Yes, good. It's All like right. pictures you can hear, right? It is. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about it. So next change, X-Men Gold got pretty, pretty different, I think. So here's the thing. I'm going to read the entirety of this leadership and then discuss what changed. So. X-Men Gold. Once per round, you may use this leadership ability during an allied character's activation if it is not holding an objective token. If you do, the active character may spend one power. If it does, choose another allied character within range two of it and place the active character within range one of the chosen character. Nothing changed in this wording other than you have to spend a power right so everything is the same except for if you do the active character may spend one power okay i'll explain why that's important in a second additionally when an enemy character targets an allied character with an attack if the enemy character is not within range two of it the allied character may re-roll one of its defense dice X-Men Gold no longer grants free cover. Now, all of this leadership here, that, to me, is the enormous one. Yeah, I think this one generated quite a bit of uh, knee-jerk reactions to it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I still think her leadership is actually fine. I don't think it's like the gold standard everyone wants this leadership anymore, but... I, Honestly, I look at it and I still think if you put either of those abilities onto a tactics card, those tactics card would be in contention to be used. Oh, is how I kind of look at it, right? For sure. And um, um, I see what you did there by I saying mean, gold standard and X-Men gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the fact that she basically had a leadership uh, royal decree 
uh, and now it costs some power. Okay, cool. Like when it was free, it was obscenely good, especially when you look at a team like the X-Men, which already had a lot of like turn one efficiencies uh, going on with the game. Um, So frankly, making it one power, still an amazingly good ability. I mean, people will take, you know, Fury Senior, people will take Medusa just so they can get their their royal decree, their their uh, siblings in arms, and move bases around, and they will gladly do that for two power. And in this case, it's still discounted at one power, so it is still a great a great super or, uh, leadership to have. Like, sure, it's only once per round, um, but it's still a really good power to have. As far as like the the cover into a reroll defense die. Um, this makes, uh, what is it, Superpowered Scoundrels a very playable scenario mm-hmm. for X-Men Gold at this point. Because now they get cover from that, plus they get a die reroll. Like, it's not as strong as just automatic cover, but it's, you know, a die roll is still, a uh, reroll and a die is still rerolling a die. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to take each of these in stride one by one here. And I agree with you in the place is the, the storm hop, as it was functionally called. I'm so glad it costs a power now because for two reasons. One, this leadership having two abilities, it was one of the few in the game that had like this multi-layered thing. So making it where the storm hop costs a power while also having an additional effect, I think is really nice. But the reason why it costs a power is because X-Men have access to a card called first class first class allows you to the first time you interact with an objective on your turn you don't have to pay the power so being able to first class hop and interact with two objectives on turn one meant that their efficiency was ramped up through the roof it was it was nuts so now it like you said earlier injects that layer of choice okay If I hop and I don't have a character that has two power generation, which I don't think there's any affiliated characters other than Cable that generate two power off the rip for X-Men, I could be wrong. I know Cable's only one. But either way. You've already forgotten about Gene. Oh, wait, yes. (laughs) Uh, Is Cassandra Nova X-Men? She's not. But yeah, okay, no. I did forget about Gene. Yeah, so there you go. I'm 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 glad to remember that Gene still exists. No, look, I loved what they did to Gene. We're not going to talk about all that, but all I'm saying is, in ter- in order to get to objectives and to manipulate the ability to to interact with multiple objectives in a turn, it is significantly lowered now. Gene's a great example of a character that you probably don't want to go and interact with some extract and then a, a something else early because of what her abilities are but either way i think this change is really great and it makes it to where they they turn down their efficiency just a little bit and i like that so i'm i'm super pro this here it's still excellent though like you (laughs) said still excellent and being able to storm hop off of a big base is amazing oh yeah yeah no question about it um, I think all this did is that it just uh, it just slowed them down a little bit. Right. Uh, I think X-Men are still an absolutely dominating team that we're going to be seeing, especially co- going into the new year. Uh, and I think uh, 
Once the dust settles, I think there's going to be strong arguments for either of the X-Men leaderships that we currently see. I, I completely agree. And I think that when you look at the next change that reroll one defense die, it's a good ability. It's web warriors leadership. If you're outside of two and minus the skull, minus the skull, right? It's like, you don't get the skull, but I mean, still, like you said, re-rolling a die, you get a chance for defense. And I think anyone that played against X-Men regularly, like I have can agree just automatically getting cover is bananas. And like the other thing to keep in mind is if you look at a lot of the X-Men defensive stat lines, they have good defensive stat lines. Yeah. Like just in general, like they are no slouches. There's a lot of high stamina, high defensive uh, stat lines uh, for for the team. Like, uh, like listening back to a couple episodes ago when you guys were talking about uh, uh, Cyclops, dude's a beefy boy. With his four physical defense and six stamina and everything like that, yeah. like you add in, you add in like just automatic cover beforehand. It's like, oh well, this is obnoxious. You know, yes. now now it's just a diary roll, but still, like, like that that's good. I completely agree, and I'll I'll say this: anyone that thinks that Storm's leadership is dead, I, I completely disagree with that sentiment. I think that Cyclops's leadership is easier now because it's just cool hand out power cookies to all your friends. But I think Storm's leadership is still very viable. And I think, like you said, in the right matchups, scoundrels, you want to play super wide. Storm really facilitates that. So I, I still like Absolutely. It. Yeah. The other change that she got is one that I am just like, mm, chef's kiss. Thank you so much, AMG, for doing this change, because it's in line with other things that we've seen and that is eye of the storm will now cost you two power during the next attack action made by this character add two dice to its attack roll so yeah this juices up hurricane a lot oh my goodness i love this so much and look lightning bolt is a really good attack range four energy when you get to use eye of the storm other than that, it's just meh at best. But now you have Ice Blizzard, which is not something that I would use very often. But now I'm way more interested to use Ice Blizzard at a B3-6 dice. Ice Blizzard just became a two-power ability yeah. is, what, is what we're saying here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really like Eye of the Storm. Uh, you know what would make me like Eye of the Storm even more, though? What's that? If Lightning Bolt was a friggin' gainer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Get out of here with your four dice builders. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I I always I have a weird relationship with four dice attacks and, and they never work well for me, but it is what it is. But I I love this. I do wish that there was some way that on her card that she could just like power herself up, not like Clea, but like like Mordo, how Mordo can just like spend an action and gain two power because I mean she's like goddess of storms, man. Literally, well, I mean, that's a superpower. In, in so many comics and the cartoon, how often do you, like, all the other X-Men are doing their thing for a little bit, and she's just sitting there, you know, powering up the storm around her and everything, right? No, like, no, she's she's doing Super Saiyan power-up, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, give her an ability called, like, Summon the Storm or something, and, you know, gain gain one power for the cost of uh, an action or something. Yeah. Or gain two power for the cost of an action. I, yeah. I don't know. I, but, I wish she had that. But either I, way... I think... 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I think Storm still kind of suffers from something that she's always kind of suffered from. She still feels like a leadership with a character tax, um, which is really kind of upsetting. Uh, Storm is this is this great, dynamic, powerful character in all the media medium, and in the game, I don't feel like her kit really reflects that. Um, so I'm. I think her leadership needed to be changed, but I would have liked to see her, her the rest of her kit get a little bit more buffed uh, as a result. Okay, that's fair. While I do disagree, though, that that she's a character with leadership attached, I do think that she is undervalued in terms of her power level within the comics. But unfortunately, I think we have to look at it from the perspective of not everyone can have whatever power level they are in a general sense, which is fine. And I do and think that's that, fair. I mean, I'm I'm just a potato, so I, I, that's fine. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's potato Leland with his potato takes. I'm kidding, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if for those of you that don't know, the potato joke is one in the Discord. So again, mentioned it already. Check that out. But um, no, Storm here is a character that I think is rife with potential, like second editions, if you will. Like, there's versions of Storm out there where she just is you know an absolute powerhouse and i'd love to see that design space explored at some place later i do disagree though that i think the change to eye of the storm not so much hurricane but even hurricane to a degree but the change to eye of a storm really just allows her to function because now if you don't interact with objectives early which sure the scenario might dictate that you have to but if you don't interact with objectives early, she still has the stealth, not named stealth, in Goddess of Storms. So being able to position yourself to a, a place of relative safety, save up the power, lightning bolt, and rolling six dice energy, especially if you have lined up things appropriately. Again, lots of caveats, but y'all know the game at this point. You're going to probably be refunded your Eye of the Storm. So you're probably going to be able to Eye of the Storm every turn after the first round. And I think that that is really valuable. And even if you're not able to Eye of the Storm or if you don't want to Eye of the Storm every round, she has a size 2 throw at range 3, which it costs 3 power, but it's not it's not bad. And, it, and it's nice for objective play, but I think just... Popping out six dice attacks after using Eye of the Storm and Lightning Bolt is going to be very valuable. And like I said, Eye of the Storm into Ice Blizzard, and if it deals damage, you gain the stun. And if you're playing on certain scenarios, I think this really matters. And then the, the last thing I want to say about it is maybe not so much in X-Men, but I kind of think she slaps in Wakanda. Yeah, I think that's that. That was actually a thought that I had as well. Like, especially in uh, Imbaku Wakanda, yeah. I really kind of dig the idea of her in that one. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, I like her changes. Unlike Thor, I think these are all changes that needed to happen to Storm, and I think for the most part, they are all net benefits to the game. I was just hoping for something just a tiny little bit more were to make her feel like she was a little bit more impactful um, on the on the game state. Because I feel like Eye of the Storm, for two power, she gets a little bit out of it out of Lightning Bolt, but I feel like for both Hurricane and Ice Blizzard, you're putting into her position where she doesn't really want to be in. 
she doesn't want to be that close a lot of the time. And it feels more like a panic button to try and get out of Dodge than it does something to really be afraid of. And yeah. I, guess, I guess that's kind of where my stance is coming from on, on the changes. So, yeah, I would have liked to just see her juiced a little bit more. I, I can see that. I think something that they could have done to kind of make it slightly more interesting is like on Ice Blizzard, maybe you say after all attacks are resolved, she gains one power. Instead of one power for each attack, it's like once the entire action is over, you gain one power. Something like that could yeah, be... I, I mean, I'd be cool with that. Something interesting, but... I think that it's one of those things where you're right. If she's doing Hurricane, you're probably in a bad position. But with Ice Blizzard and stuff like that, I think there's an argument that you could say, okay, cool, well, I'm going to Eye of the Storm, Ice Blizzard, one action, and then move away, or stuff like that. And then when you think about like the scenario play, that if you play her on a clumped-up scenario, I think it gets really interesting. And then if you play her under Cyclops' leadership, giving her the power... And letting her power up before she gets an opportunity to activate, then having Eye of the Storm ready, maybe having a Tempest ready. I think I think that she's gonna like Loki be a not Loki, but like Loki be a better character now that she's her leadership is tuned down a little bit and people are gonna be able to play her under Cyclops, play her in Wakanda. And especially, we haven't talked about it yet, but the new Wakanda leaderships, I think, make her a much more interesting character. Oh, I don't think she gets anything under uh, new Black Panther's leadership, because that one is just the the damage when pushing people around. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and she doesn't have any pushes. Um, actually, just as you were talking, I was giving some thought to it. You know what I would have actually liked to have seen? And we've actually already seen the AMG apply this to a model before. Uh, ditch Eye of the Storm completely, but give her the Black Bolt treatment in the sense of that all her attacks just went up one naturally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate that either. Yeah, like keep keep the change of Hurricane going up. Make it Air Hurricane an A2, 7 attack for 4. But make Ice Blizzard now 5 dice and Lightning Bolt 5 dice. And just get rid of Eye of the Storm completely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that either. I think when you look at Eye of the Storm and you think of what this relates to it's just like friday ai on the core iron man and iron man has a lot of other things going for him that storm is a very different character from but think about how we we view that change and that character and and i think you can apply at least a little bit of that like maybe if you squint hard enough you know what i mean you can like apply a little bit of that like sense to this character here but i do agree i think Maybe just adding some dice natively would have been a, a, the right way to go, but still, six dice attacks on a three-threat character feels really good. Oh yeah, and I, I don't disagree. I'm just I'm just concerned if your if your initial attempts to gain power go south on you, then it's going to impact the rest of your game plan, right? Like if those lightning bolts fail to generate any power, and I mean a lot of times on a four dice attack, I can't tell you how often i have failed to generate power on a four dice builder oh yeah um it it just slows down your your entire kit as a result and yeah that's why that's why i would prefer to see it be a four dice gainer like that's the other thing you make that a four dice gainer and i think i think her card is almost perfect at that point um, yeah I, I still think you'd have to it, make ice blizzard the gainer if but that's that's neither here nor there we got what we got 
you know, even Ice Blizzard being a gainer, like we've seen Beam 3s be gainers. Pyro has a Beam 3 that is a gainer. Oh, yeah. So why not Why not Storm? And Pyro's is immensely more powerful because it has that, like, incinerate and fire manipulation, right? Oh, Pyro's ridiculous. So, like, I don't, I don't think Ice Blizzard being a Beam 3 gainer is out of line. I agree. I, I agree. So... Yeah, like I, I guess a lot of my my problems come down to the fact that if you don't get that initial power off, Eye of the Storm means nothing. If you don't have the power to use it, her kid is still very lackluster, in hey, my opinion. Leland, I'm going to give you the secret sauce, okay, and how to make sure you get that power. You ready? Sure. Don't spend power to interact with objectives with her on turn one. Boom, start in turn two, you've got some power. If only they had a card that allowed them to interact for free with if an objective on turn one. Only. <laughs> If only. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I do agree with you. When when you miss, when you whiff, when it gets blocked, when you're not getting the power back, it's going to feel bad. But I've I've put her on the table recently, and I can say it feels so much better. Now, having said that, give her a couple hammers, and she's an absolute terror. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, you find a way to give her two hammers because uh, then she's got a six dice builder attack, which means she's getting the power for Eye of the Storm, which means she has an eight dice builder attack. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just <clears throat> saddle up with all that. It's going to be wonderful. I think she's great. I'm excited to hear what the suits have to say about it, Leland. And, and uh, suits, make sure you tell Leland just how wrong he is <laughs> about Storm and then tell me how wrong I am about Black Cat. And then we'll both just all be happy. <laughs> that, that, that's okay just just remember eight months down the road when i get vindicated <laughs> right right eight months later <laughs> what, what, what is it uh exclamation mark remind me yes <laughs> we, exactly. got some, we got some reddit parlance <laughs> there you go i love it yeah so suits oh that's gonna bite me in the behind i can't wait oh, i can't wait <laughs> it's gonna be so good said delicious yes 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 what is it like mr burns <laughs> Or, or it's like the mutant fly from Family Guy. Oh my gosh, good, I know, right? Yeah. Good. Good, good, yes. So, yeah, Suits, make sure to let Leela know how wrong he is. And and like I said, just me, you can you can tell me that you disagree, but, you know, that I'm also right. <laughs> I, I can already see, like, the dot, 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 Negladar is typing. Oh, I know, right? It's it's it's, it's already happening. I can, I can feel it in my soul. But uh, anyways, Leland, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere that uh, has the name Aegis Brand Studios. So that is uh, YouTube. That is well, even Reddit, I guess, at this point. Uh, and anywhere on Discord, I am always on the House Party Discord. It is it is my digital home away from home. I absolutely love it there. Um, I uh, I gave I gave this Mook a, a dollar a couple of years ago, and I just never stopped giving him a dollar every month. And uh, no, it, it's great. Um, and if you don't mind, a, a little plug. Uh, if yeah. if you missed the chance to get uh, the Earth's Mightiest Core set from uh, from the House Party Protocol uh, just this past week, well, you have an opportunity with me. I'm giving one away too. Yes. So how can people enter that, Leland? There is a video on the YouTube channel. All you got to do is go check out that video, share your favorite wargaming memory uh, on the comments there, and then at the end of the month, I'm going to randomly uh, have one of those comments selected. And then I will figure out a way to send you off this massive box of goodness. Nice, nice. Yeah, make sure to go subscribe to the Aegis Brand videos. There's uh, really great stuff over there. I, I enjoy 
all the videos that you put out, Leland. The dossiers are, are very nice and fun as well. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you'll have a video up very soon uh, looking pretty spiffy in some new attire. Am I right? Uh, goes up this Saturday if my if my timing is correct. Heck yeah! So make sure to check yeah. that out. And uh, if you want to get a a live look at the house party protocol jerseys that we made, it's very awesome. I've got mine in, and most people I think should have those around uh, by now. And they're amazing. It's they're super comfortable. First of all. <laughs> And they are, they, they breathe so nicely. Yeah. And they look really cool. So I, I love it. I'm so happy. And if you missed out on that, you know, maybe we'll bring it around again another time, but for the time being, that was, that was it. Like it, it's just, it was a thing. It happened so fast too. Like oh, jerseys yeah. was suggesting, what was it like Rob 30 minutes later? It's like, okay, so here's all the costs. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a quick hitter and, and I'm glad we got it done. And, um, to all the suits out there, whether you're a part of our Patreon and in the Discord, or you just give us the time to listen to us ramble on about all these different things, thank you. Thank you so very much. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and the fact that um, you're taking uh, sometimes an hour and a half out of your day to be here with us and hopefully maybe... Uh, just take a load off for a little while while we're talking about little plastic dudes that we push around on the table. I appreciate that. It doesn't go unnoticed and it's not lost on me. So thank you very much to everyone that is here and listening and to the suits out there that support me on Patreon and, uh, and get access to our discord. Thank you so much. It really means the world to me. And uh, I, I can't express that gratitude enough. And uh, yeah, so just keep it locked right here to House Party Protocol. We'll have a lot more coming up and uh, we'll, we're going to slow down on the frequency a little bit back to probably once a week now that we've gotten all these glow ups done. But uh, just, yeah, be ready for more fun stuff. We're finally going to start diving into all the things they talked about at Mini Stravaganza and all of that coming up. So yeah, make sure to check out Patreon, patreon.com slash House Party Protocol. Send us messages on Facebook over at email housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. You can send me Discord messages, DMs. I'm at HPP underscore Will on most of the major uh, MCP Discords out there. And even in the official MCP Discord, I am at HPP underscore Will. So you can search me there and send me messages if you would like. And then also don't forget our friends at Battle Kiwis, battlekiwi.com. There's a link in the description. Use code PARTYKIWI for 10% off your first order with them love my battle box i think you'll love yours too and yeah definitely do that and with that party on leland party on will and power down suits <laughs> <laughs>